Good evening, it is the Dr. Zeus Podcast. If you don't know what that is, you didn't grow up. Well, you weren't a child of the 80s and then grew up in the 90s. That is, of course, the theme to Magnum motherfucking P.I. The This is hard to believe, and I remember it too, because I was about seven at the time. On May 8th, 1988, the final episode of Magnum P.I. after eight seasons aired and it was it was a bittersweet episode you have to watch it I'm not going to spoil it um but I remember it I was about seven I was kind of confused because I thought okay is he dead because I think they killed him off or they tried to in the second to last season and that's not really going to spoil it for you because then you're like, oh, okay. But as a kid, I kind of didn't get it. Um, for eight years, okay, let's see. So most of, yeah, my entire life, they the whole family watched Magnum. Even when I was just a toddler, I can't, I my earliest memories of Magnum P.I. are probably 1983, 84, when I was really little. We would watch it, you know, it was part of, you know, families eat dinner together. It was part of our thing. You know, we would watch it. Um, it I mean, you know, it was part of my life. And now, 30 years later, it's hard to believe it was 30 years ago. They want to bring it back. Um, in a different incarnation, I saw the trailer. Um, I woke up early this morning and I'm like, okay, what the fuck? And I truly did say, what the fuck? I woke up, I was so disturbed. Usually I just, you know, kind of rest in bed for a little bit. I actually got up. Um, Yep, that's true. Oh, I love this headline. Magnum trailer has uh, lots of close shaves and no big mustache. That's true. Um, Who's got to play? Okay, first of all, here's some weird shit. This is weird. Um... Oh my god, why do I hear an echo? Why do I hear an echo? Okay. Is this it? There we go. Okay. So, let's see here. Okay, it was filmed in Oahu. I wasn't in Oahu when I was visiting Hawaii. Okay, let's see what happens. Hmm... Okay, Mag- the original Magnum ran for eight seasons. They had uh, the lady from had Jessica Fletcher from Murder, she wrote. You know, they had um, Carol Burnett. That was a funny, funny episode. Because then, you know, they're both private investigators. Um, now, the new Magnum. Mm, I saw the trailer. It looked like something from the fucking CW, CW network. And it's going to air on CBS. And um, yeah, there's also going to be the Murphy Brown reboot. Well, that's different because Murphy Brown, uh, I have a feeling it's going to be good. Candace Bergen, come on. She never lets you down. Ah, here we go. 
Here's the fucker playing Magnum P.I. Where's this little fucker? Doesn't even have a mustache or any chest hair. Yes, I know some people don't like that, but see, that's part of Magnum P.I. When you think of Magnum P.I., you think of those shades, you think of the shorts, and you think of that mustache. Jay Hernandez, remember him from Hostel? Yeah, I'm se- several people don't, um, is going to play the role made famous by Tom Selleck. Here's the thing. I know even Tom Selleck doesn't want this show to do well. He's on Blue Bloods. He's still collecting checks from Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. still airs in syndication. It has made him and the late John Hillerman rich. Higgins, here's the other thing in the trailer. Higgins is a woman. What? Okay, that's weird. And it's not weird because she's a woman. It's weird because, okay... What are they trying to do? Create sexual tension between Higgins and Magnum? That, come on. That totally strays away from the original. Um, So, yeah, I have a fucking problem with it. I have, oh, God. The first time I heard that they were even considering it, I thought, what? Tom Selleck's not even dead yet. He can't even roll in his grave. Unfortunately, John Hillerman, who played Higgins, is rolling, rolling, rolling. Magnum was just one of those shows you didn't. Here's the thing. We all know Tom Selleck is a diehard Republican. I don't agree with that. Uh, I don't agree with everything he stands for. At the same time, he is Magnum. So politics aside, he also did something. I didn't know this. He was on an interview recently and he said Magnum was the first show to paint Vietnam veterans in a positive light because Magnum, Thomas Magnum was a a Vietnam veteran, the character on the show, not in real life, Tom Selleck. And so was TC, so was Rick. Um, I don't know about Robin Masters. If you remember Robin Masters, I think Orson Welles played him at one point. That was the thing about Magnum P.I. It was a show. It was iconic from 1980 to 1988. Here's the reason why I don't really have recollection of the first season. I was born in 1980, and it aired in December of 1980. So when you're a little baby, you're kind of not paying attention to the TV. You're kind of like, oh, these are my toes. Oh, okay. Cool. When do I poop? You know, and so my earliest memories are around two and three years old. So, and I can honestly say that, you know, you kind of, I remember I thought that stereo was going to eat me at one point. I don't know why. I was sleeping on the couch. I started that very early. I don't know why. I didn't want to go to my room. Probably because the covers, you know, there's a thing. Sometimes the covers make you hot. Sometimes they're too cold. My current room has always felt cold. It's almost like the exorcist room, you know? But then in the summer, it gets way too fucking hot. Huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot. Magnum motherfucking P.I. And... Ooh, Murphy Brown is back. I am just... I am starting to find your attitude very repulsive. Perch and rotate. Yeah. Thank you. 
Murphy Brown was a legendary show which started 30 years ago. So now, after 20 years of being off the air, like Roseanne, it's coming back. Um, the gentleman who plays Jim Dial, I forget his name, let me look it up, is not doing too well. So Jim Dial is not going to be on Murphy Brown, the new incarnation. Um, but um, Tyne Daly, Miss Cagney and Lacey, is going to be taking the role of Phil. Remember Phil? Um, oh, this because CBS rolled up its new uh, fall lineup. That's why all these trailers started coming out this morning. Okay, so Charles Kimbrough, who plays Jim Dial, um, from what I've been told, is not going to come back. Candace Bergen, of course. Um, Faith Ford, Corky Sherwood, Grant Shod, Miles Silverberg, Joe... Wrigley, I, I can't even say his name. Frank Fontana. Um, Eldon is uh, deceased. Um, the gentleman who played Phil died in 2006. Pat Crawley. Um, who else is coming back? I mean, remember, Scott Bakula impregnated her. So maybe he'll come back too. Oh, okay. Lily Tomlin's coming back. Uh, Jay Thomas. Or was he the father? I don't remember. Um, oh, Okay. Brittany Murphy's not coming back because she's deceased, okay? And then they have some new person who's going to run the show. So it's going to be... Oh, Jake Dorman's going to play her son. Oh, what's up, Avery? <laughs> Do you, you, if you're not familiar with Murphy Brown. So Murphy got knocked up. I don't know if the mother was still alive. Her mother was played by the late Colleen Dewhurst. Um, oh my God! It was that that was a that was brilliant casting right there. Because you know how Murphy would sing along to Motown, you know, and Aretha Franklin. You make me feel. Um, Colleen Dewhurst played Avery Brown, her mother. And she also would sing. She caught her mother one time singing along to Billie Holiday's I've Got a Right to Sing the Blues. And then you see, that's where Murphy gets it. So then when Murphy got knocked up, oh yeah, the mother wasn't alive then anymore because Colleen Dewhurst unfortunately had died, so they killed the character off. So she named her child after her mother, Avery. So yeah. And the father, the father was... um. Oh, he's gone too. Um, remember the father from Christmas Story? You'll shoot your eye, out, your eye out, kid. He played Murphy Brown's father, and I think he had a new wife at the time because they were all at Murphy's for some kind of thing, arguing, arguing, arguing. It was it was funny. Murphy Brown was such a great show, and even as a kid, I loved it. I was probably about seven, going on eight when it premiered, and something felt funny about this lady. I thought, okay, who's this? The way she talked. Um, I What got me as a kid was she, you know, roles were kind of different and I usually, you know, well, if your mother or your grandmother, you usually see them in a nightgown. You know, they're in a nightgown. Murphy Brown wore pajamas. That's the one thing that kind of stuck out to me as a kid was I thought, oh, 
She's wearing, they look like men's pajamas. And then, you know, her name Murphy. Murphy was such an ambiguous name. You know, they did they want a boy? Did they want a girl? I don't know. You know, and, and she, oh my goodness. Um, the first episode, you know, where she's confronted with Miles, you know, uh, um, and she's like, how old are you? And he's, you know, telling her and she's like i'm sorry mr silverberg if i seem rude it's just that when i was getting maced at the democratic convention in 1968 you were wondering if you were ever going to meet adam west so then she takes an insult to the hair he's 25 she's 40 she just got out of rehab she you know and that's the thing. The exec- executives at CBS did not want to do it. They didn't want her to be a 40-year-old who just got out of rehab. They wanted her to be a 35-year-old who just got back from a spa. So early on, CBS wanted to make it all t- nice and tidy. If originally, Heather Locklear was going to play Murphy Brown. And yeah, she'd already done TJ Hooker. Come on. We don't need that. She was already making her set. Or was she, I think she was married to Tommy Lee at the time, you know? You know. Girls, girls, girls. Heather Locklear and Pamela Anderson Lee. Girls, girls, girls. He's the one to make you make you feel good. He's the one to make you feel all right. He's going to make you do a porno video. Pamela Anderson Lee. I've got one Doctor Feelgood is not good. He's Tom and Lee's girlfriend. Doctor Feelgood, he was originally married to Heather Locklear, and then she went to Richie Zambora, a Bon Jovi. Lisa Lampanelli said it best about Tommy Lee when she roast or no, it was Pamela Anderson Lee. Thank you. Pamela Anderson was roasted by Lisa Lampanelli. She said, and I quote, She has dated the guy from Poison, Scott Bale, and the drummer from Motley Crue. Her life story should be a documentary on the eight called I Fuck the 80s. Because she did. She did. Um, so did Heather Locklear, though. I mean, you think about it. She was married to Tommy Lee, and then Pamela Anderson had him last, or maybe second, and then um, and then and then Heather ri- married Richie Zambora of Bon Jovi. Shot through the Heather Locklear's heart, and you're to blame. You give Richie a bad name. A TJ Hooker smile is what you sell. You promised me paychecks and put me through syndication hell. She don't know she's got a hold on me. Mirror place in your fantasy. Yeah, you gotta love that. I can't really, at karaoke, I can do it justice, but not right now. I was approached about having guests on the show. So I need to start looking, you know? What the fuck? You have me. Yeah, but you're basically my conscience. You know, I switch over. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck that shit. I mean, I sound good. No, it's not the same. 
Yeah, that's Jiminy Cricket over there complaining. <sighs> I'm just so, you know, the Murphy Brown thing makes me feel good. The Magnum, uh, I'm not even going to call that a reboot. Uh, I'm going to call it a shit show. Because you're taking a legendary show. Oh, we want to make it hip. That's the thing with CBS. They always want to make it hip. They've got Mom with Allison Janney. And um, what's her name? Who used to be married to the Gardens of the Galaxy? I don't know. They call that hip. They want to make, you know, I mean, here, I get it. Bing Bang Theory, you know. But don't turn Magnum into a piece of shit. I saw the trailer. CGI, CGI. Yeah, it shows a truck going, and he goes over the cliff, the, and, and you know how he drove the Ferrari? The Ferrari is destroyed, and TC's helicopter is picking him up. I thought, that's really stupid. Are you kidding me? It, we're, we're, I want to watch Magnum. I don't want to watch the Fast and the Furious P.I. I don't want to watch that shit. I don't. It's not appealing to me. And you pick the guy from Hostel who can't even grow facial hair. Doesn't even have any chest hair. Come on. What? It, it looks like a naked rat. I don't understand. I really fucking don't, you know? I, I wonder... Here's the thing, CBS. You are thinking too much about money. You already... You know, David Letterman, that was a good thing. Uh, I mean, Stephen Colbert, here... I think he's great. I don't always think he's funny, but I don't tune in because it's not Letterman. Oh, my God. The fucking Tiffany Network. That's what CBS was, you know? Um, you had legendary shows. Great fucking shows. I think you had the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, I don't know what... They had the nanny. I love the nanny until it jumped the shark. It jumped the shark multiple times. You know, Mr. Sheffield. Yeah. Um, but Magnum. Magnum. Oh, my God. You know, here's the thing. They stopped trying. that They were going to remake Murder, She Wrote. Thank God they put a lid on that. Thank God. Uh, I, pray. I pray. Let's pray right now. Oh my God, 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 please. Just make it die before it even begins. I don't want to see this Magnum P.I. remake. It looks like the CW. It looks pathetic. Please, God, please. I know you're a woman, God, come on. I, I want to talk to you. I grew up watching Magnum. I'm even sure my mother would hate to see what they're doing to Magnum. They basically emasculated Magnum fucking P.I. God, do you hear me? Yes, I hear you, motherfucker. All right. You just say some Hail Marys and shit, say a few prayers, and put on Madonna's just like a prayer, because you know I like that shit. I like that video she did. You know, it was impressive. That's the thing. I'm God. You know, I'm ambiguous. And I encourage Madonna to be like that. You know, she's got the burning crosses. She's got the black saint kissing her on the altar. 
See, I'm God. I created that shit. I gave you Madonna. I made sure her parents named her Madonna. Madonna Veronica Louise Ciccone, okay? So, back to Magnum. Two Hail Marys and maybe a few, you know, Iggy Pops. I don't know. I don't know. It already looks like it's doing bad, this Magnum P.I. remake. It's not even a reboot. Tom Selleck is still alive. And I wish him well. Alright, so I'm going to grant you your wish. There you go. Alright, bye. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, let's hope. I mean... If the Huffington Post is already saying what it, what did it say about Magnum? Let's see. Let's see what it said. I don't even think my mother knows the news about the remake. Um, you know, I mean, well, she's never mind. She watches Hawaii Five O. God, talk about crap. You know, I I don't know CBS. I wonder. I watched Hawaii Five O once, and I was like, what? All right, here's the Huffington Post headline. Magnum P.I. trailer has lots of close shaves and no big mustache. Magnum P.I. was rebooted, but the lead actor porn stash was not. A trailer released Wednesday shows Jay Hernandez. That's what I think of him. Who will play the title role made famous by Tom Selleck. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't even step into those shoes. Sporting some facial hair. But it's nothing like a his stash caterpillar and covered Selleck's upper lip. The new Magnum appears to still love revving up his red Ferrari and courting danger in Hawaii, but doesn't seem keen on 21st century ride sharing. After his Ferrari gets wrecked in the preview, he needs a car. To which New Higgins, British actress, replies, call an Uber. What am I, 19? The PR fires back. Magnum P.I. is slated for Mondays this fall. Take it for a spin for old time's sake. No, I don't think so. Homie, don't play that. I I know it's just a show. I know, I know. I am offended that they would even fucking do that. Hollywood has run out of ideas. Okay, here's the thing. People want to clean it up, but they want to clean it up because they don't like looking at nakedness in film. I do. It doesn't bother me. The body is a beautiful thing. But... New ideas. You all are watching this reality TV shit. I can only stomach so much of it. If it's if it's like somewhat educational, like Jack and Ozzy's, you know, um, detours, I love that. But then it's like, who wants to be a this and dancing with the cars and, you know, uh, The Bachelor and fucking HGTV. You know, you're putting all your dimes into reality shows. And then you re... You're retooling these legendary shows, which are, oh, God. Oh, God. I hope the Magnum P.I. remake just shits. I hope it shits on arrival. I, oh, my God. You know, it it really hurts me. It truly does, because that's a part of my childhood is watching Magnum and Hunter. As you can tell as a child, I didn't have control of the remote. Sometimes I did. But then... When I was about eight, almost nine, or was I nine? <laughs> I I got my I had my own little TV and I would watch Doctor Who on PBS. 
it had already ended, and so they were like just ending playing episodes on PBS at I think midnight. So I would watch it, and oh my god, that was a show I loved because mommy and daddy didn't press the remote. I pressed it, and I was always a night owl. Uh, kind of now, but it's kind of hard to stay awake. Um, and you know, I, I'll never forget. I have a fond memory. My grandmother couldn't believe it that we stayed up that late, you know, but then she, I don't think she thought my parents were bad parents. She just thought she was used to, you know, my boring aunt who, you know, would basically slap the kids into, uh, the next morning, you know, go to sleep. Damn it. I have shit to do. That was always her, her ML. Her MO. And if family hears this, I don't fucking care. It's the truth. She, you know, she'd tell us to shut up. So, but you know, like I said, karma works in mysterious ways. You know, she goes to the um, fortune teller or whatever. She went to Sylvia Brown once to try to contact my grandmother. My grandmother was like, they're like, she wants to be left alone. And I'm thinking, ha, ha, ha. see, my mother and I don't have that because. My grandmother makes her presence known. You know, I'm like, oh, all right. There is an afterlife. Oh, shit. You're seeing everything I'm doing. Oh, my God. I can't even cover it with a blanket. God forbid. She's probably seen all of my um, hijinks and like, hmm, that's amusing. Stupid, but amusing. Um, (laughs) Because the shit that I used to do. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, so um, my grandmother and I, she was babysitting us, and I was watching Doctor Who, and she sits on the couch, and she's like, does your mother know you're awake like this? Grandma, the whole thing, we watched this. You watched this show all together? I said, heck yeah. And she said to me, and I quote, you know, it was not really my thing, but... It's almost like one of my soap operas. I said, well, it is. It is a sci-fi soap opera. I didn't say it like that because I probably didn't know what sci-fi was yet. I just said, yeah, it's like your soap operas. Okay. Um, She said she enjoyed it from what I remember because it was one episode. And then I think in either 91 or 92, they stopped airing them. Um, I can tell you it was late at night because my uncle came over one time and he doesn't know when to leave and um, probably because he's never been married and um, (laughs) yeah and he thinks I'm weird Um, so yeah I knew uh, when he was still I think it was one in the morning he's still just talking yeah You'll never know because that's my godfather. So you will never know my no- middle name unless I get really well known and then I have to reveal it. But I don't think that's going to happen at this point. I just want to work, 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 work like a dog. And, you know, it's like Oprah, you know, if this gets picked up, then hey, you know, you told, you told Hoppo to eat me. All my life I had to fight. I had to fight Starbucks. I had to fight in and out. It ain't safe dieting in this house. But I never thought I had to diet in my own house. I loves food. God knows I do. But I I shit it dead before I let it eat me. Yeah. I'm sure Alice Walker's not going to like that. (laughs) I love that movie, though. I love, I mean, everything about it. 
Oprah always, here's the funny thing. Oprah's all peace and love. You know, I'm Oprah. This is my book club. You all get a new car. But in the color purple, she was not peace and love. Because whenever you pissed her off, her character's name was Sophia. Each time you pissed, like when she, she, you know, she said, you told Hoppo to beat me. And he and he beat her on her, but she beat the shit out of him. And she messed his eye up to the, to the point where Danny Glover's like, you know, he's like, oh, it's a hoof print. That looked like a fist print. And each time the Sophia character would get pissed off, she would, she would punch someone out. So she's in town one day, and, this, and the mayor's wife comes up to her and says, would you like to come and be my maid? Hell no. And she's like, what did you say? I said, hell no. So then the mayor comes up to her. What did you say to my wife? I said, hell. And then he hit her. And then you see that fist. You see that Sophia fist. And she punched out the mayor. And she went to jail for it. And then um, when she got out of jail. Or no, no. She did it again after she got out of jail. But then another instance, she was at Harpo's Juke Joint. And uh, Radon Chong, who played Squeak, says, you nothing but a big old heifer. (laughs) And Sophia said, fine, by me. And that big fist, she just makes that fist. And then she punches out Squeak. And so when I think of Oprah now, you know, I'm all peace, love, and happiness. Super Soul, Super Soul Sunday. Right? And her Ayala shit. I think, (coughs) let's not forget our past, Oprah, because you are the one who punched out Squeak. You punched her out. You punched her the fuck out. So whenever you say, I'm Oprah, I'm on love and pieces. Psh, yeah. Of course, if you saw the butler, remember that? She, she was trying to get back to her Oscar glory, you know? Everything you are and everything you're going to be is because of that butler. Now you get this traveling trick out of my house. Unfortunately, she didn't get nominated like she thought she would, you know? That's the thing. When you think you're going to get nominated for an Oscar, you don't. Um, oh, well, yeah, you do have to campaign for it. Oh, kiss my ass, kiss my ass, nominate me. With Meryl Streep, she just gets nominated all the time, you know, because they like Meryl Streep. I like her, too, you know. Some of the things she's been nominated for, I'm like, really? Um, but I did love her in um, The Post. I thought that was such a good movie. I loved her in The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, my God. <laughs> Today I had a weird instance where it was almost like the Devil Wears Prada. They were asking me, oh, "Are you ever going to get married?" No. Why not? That's what life is about. And I'm thinking, and I and I was nice. I could have been mean and said maybe to you, but not to me. And they and you know they made it kind of come off like I was self self absorbed because I don't want to get married and have children. And I just I didn't say anything. I was just like, "Whoa, talk about being misunderstood." You know, I don't think people understand that you don't need another person to validate you. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to be alone. I should go on Match.com. No, I don't think so. I liked having my flings. I liked having my fun. 
And then, as an adult, I cut the fucking cord. And I have to. Because I've had my fun. You know, it's, it's hey, you know. Um, is there a song about it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think people get it. They're like, oh, oh, you should try harder. No. Try harder. No. Try. Uh, no. Here's the thing with people. They want to be the Oprah of life. Oh, I have this perfect person for you. Let's hook him up. Fuck that shit. Get your rocks off, motherfucker. Yes, I did. It was fun. It was fun while it lasted. You know, um, uh, I'm not going to really go into detail. Let's see. The flings lasted from 2004 until 2014. So I had my fun. The, the most memorable one was 2011. That went on for six months, almost seven. Um, and then I saw them again in 2012 and 2014. And after 2014, I was like, bye-bye. Or as, or as NSYNC says, I hate NSYNC. Baby, bye, bye, bye. See, I was funny about things because, you know, I come, I would leave work and go over there and then I my, you should never plan things like this. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll go over there, I'll do my thing. Um, but see, I was, I was, I was, I was a perfectionist because I don't like to become from work all stinky. So then I'd get in the shower, get cleaned and then, you know, I do my thing. And then, um, my intent was, okay, we're finished. I'll leave at midnight. I would fall asleep, probably because it was so good. And then I'd wake up like at three in the morning. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go home now. And then they're like, oh no, why do you gotta go home? I wanna go sleep in my home bed. <laughs> and I told some of this and they said, you're nuts. I said, well, I did. I don't like sharing my bed. I really truly don't. That shit pisses me off. You know, and then one time I I truly had to go home because I had a package coming the next. Oh, have someone sign for it. No, I got to go. You know, I mean, I had to go. I, I always had shit to do. And, you know, and yeah, I took this person. We went to have sushi once and I realized, mm, yeah, this needs to stay a booty call because we had nothing to say to each other outside of that. And I thought, yeah, you know, I don't think so. That's boring ass shit. Because then when they would start to talk, I'm like, oh, God, I got to go home. Or it's like, oh, I need to put something in their mouth to shut them up. This is just not fun. Oh, my God. It was, you know, as Whitney would say, it was exhilarating. Mm. <laughs> I was a lot skinnier at the time so it was I was all over the place I was nuts oh my god I was nuts you know um, but yeah I had, I had my fun so you know hey Oprah I got something for you Gail's vagina for free I'll drink to that <laughs> she wishes 
Oh, God. What's this shit? Oh, my God. What is this? Oh, my God. Oh, no. What did they say? I hate multitasking. It's like, shit, the fuck? Okay. So this is the Dr. Zeus podcast. Tonight, I might have a guest, but I, you know, I got to take a very huge break to do that. Because I can't stay on here until then, because then I'm going to run out of room. I'm not going to be up to, able to upload shit. <coughs> oh, this is very, very important. On this day in 1965, someone who very misunderstood, very brilliant though, very prolific, was born. Um, kind of the soundtrack to my life and many of yours. You know who it is? Oh my goodness. Yeah. We're going there. Michael Trent Reznor, also knows it as Trent Reznor. Nine Inch Nails, producer extraordinaire, Academy Award winner, Grammy winner. And doesn't look bad for someone in their 50s. Oh, my goodness. You know, um, yeah, it is a, it, it's a good day. And um, I, I had to download a song of theirs, of his. Yeah. Basically, Nine Inch Nails were seen as a um, mainstream version of Ministry and Skinny Puppy. But Nine Inch Nails are their own band because it's Trent Reznor. I grew up listening to Nine Inch Nails. I mean, I think all of us did. You remember? I want to fuck you like an animal. I want to feel you from the inside You can have my isolation You can have the hate that it brings You can have my... I can't do him justice, I just can't. Although one of my favorites from that, it was not just Closer. That's the one everyone likes because it's so weird sounding and it's Nine Inch Nails. For me, he did a song called Hearsay He tries to tell me what to put inside of me. He's got the answer. He calls it Christianity. God is dead. And no one cares. That's, that's how the song goes. But he's screaming. I'm not going to scream like Trent Reznor because, you know, it would just turn to shit. But, um... Interesting writer. I mean, he wrote Hurt. Such a great song. Johnny Cash takes it, makes it his own. Just like he did that Soundgarden song, Rusty Cage. <coughs> I got to mention this because tomorrow is the anniversary. Um, you know, Trent Reznor, like many within that canon of rock stars, unfortunately was addicted to drugs. Almost died. 
um, from what I read, he bought some, oh God, China heroin, white China. He thought it was cocaine and he OD'd. And in 2001, he got clean. So I think he's been clean for about 15, 16 years. And it shows in the music. If you listen to Nine Inch Nails after, as he did, they did an album in 1999, The Fragile. And then you listen to With Teeth, and it's, oh my God. Or even that song Deep. Something different was about Trent Reznor. It was like, wow. Um, unfortunately, he had a compadre from the 90s. I don't know if they were friends, but, you know, they were of that, that canon of rock stars. And it was Chris Cornell, Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave, who had probably one of the most legend... You know, people always talk about mm, Robert Plant had the greatest rock voice. No, I'm sorry. That changed... In 1988-89, when we caught wind of Chris Cornell, that man's voice, oh my God, that's why it was so sad. It, I woke up, I had to go to work, I, was, I didn't cry, I was just kind of like, all of these people that I grew up listening to are dead, and Chris Cornell probably had... I, I mean, he had a wife, he had a family. It's That's sad right there. And you think of, oh, God, all the great moments that Soundgarden gave us. Audio Slave. To have a second life, you know, after a band that you front, you fronted for so many years. And then you get together with a band who needs a singer. And... That was Audio Slave. They, you know, they had uh, Rage Against the Machine had broken up. You know, um, yeah. Oh God. He could sing low like that, and then he could, you know, with Audio Slave. Oh my God. I did one of Audio Slave songs at karaoke in Hawaii. Okay, I'll, I'll try it, you know. For all the things I've done, as I sit in regrets. For all the things you've done Oh, I will roam And yours I long to be Roam my room Patiently And I wait for you there like a 
I can't do them justice. I tried. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, it was sad. I've never, I, I listened to his, I listened to Soundgarden all day that day. On my way to work, I just remember thinking, oh my goodness. Outshined, you know, where he's like, I just woke up in the mirror and I'm feeling California. Nobody could sing like that. Nobody. You know, uh, so intelligent too. Knew what he was doing musically. Knew what he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to bring Soundgarden back. They hadn't made an album since 1996. He brought him back. He was already working on new stuff for Audio Slave and Soundgarden. And so it is truly, you know, I'll probably talk more about it tomorrow. I'm not going to sing because I'm not really great. I try. But, um, yeah. Uh, you know, we got to salute Chris Cornell because it's not always about Robert Plant. And, yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites. What is it? Here it is. I still hear that in my head sometimes. Even Robert Plant was stunned. That shows you something. The tap, the torch had been passed to Chris Cornell. I'm not dogging Robert Plant, but when I think of someone who could sing their balls off, I think of Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave. I love Robert Plant. I love Led Zeppelin. But the alternative music of the 90s was so different. So, and then Audio Slave, you know, I mean, Like a Stone, you know, Show Me How to Live, um, doesn't remind me, I mean, oh my god. And that's why it's, it's sad because, you know, with that kind of a gift, and you know, I, who knows what he was thinking in that moment. You just don't know, it's sad. Or anyone for that matter, not just someone as famous. But see, that's where it goes. You think someone who has that gift and has everything is not that. You know, I listen to that and wow. He had like a control, and then he would just let it hit that shit. 
when I hear those songs with him and Audio Slave and Soundgarden, it's it's not it's two different things. It's still him, but you hear this evolution and it's like wow. Here, I mean, right here. here. He means it when you hear that, and um, it's sad. It's sad. I'll never forget it. Just waking up that early in the morning and seeing Rip Chris Cornell, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, MTV played his videos all day. <sighs> Prince Chris Cornell, um, Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots. All these people that I grew up listening to just gone. Mm. And then the guy from Lincoln Park. I was not a Lincoln Park fan. I'm still not. He kills himself. And he was good friends with Chris Cornell. So it's really, really sad that. <coughs> because rock, you know, rock is really not where it should be. Instead, it's, you know, all this auto tune crap and, you know. Um, radioactive. What is it? Um, what are they called? It's so good that I don't know their name because I really don't like them. Oh, Imagine Dragons. I don't get that shit. That is not rock. You hear like drills and shit in there. That is not rock. I don't know. You know, so today's show was basically about remakes, reboots. And revisiting what happened. So, it's, you know. <clears throat> but on a lighter note, it's almost Friday. Oh, my fucking God. And it's almost the 25th. I am so excited. And so, you're not going to sing that song, are you? I'm so excited. No, because you just did it for me. This is the Dr. Zeus podcast. Sweet dreams. Yeah. And I'll pull my ear for you. Good night. <laughs>